today we are handling another one of the truly truly of Jesus. I think there are about seven of them if you peruse through scriptures where Jesus used the word truly truly I say unto you. These are not words that he negotiates. It's a statement of fact coming from the majesty of God, and we must take them very seriously. I say to you, if you ask anything of the Father, he will give it to you in my name. Then why is that sometimes we ask God for things in the name of Jesus it doesn't happen? And that has pushed some to say, ah, it's like this is not the way Jesus says it though. Maybe there is another thing we need to do. He said, until now you have asked nothing in my name. Is it possible? He said, now you have asked nothing in my name. Ask and you will receive that your joy may be full. So what's the problem? I know that the experience of many here who have prayed in the past, maybe for one particular thing, and we prayed in the name of Jesus. Amen. And we waited. <laughs> waiting for the thing to happen. And it come to pass. You pray for an exam. You failed. You were sick. The sickness dead with you. You trusted God for a business. And you prayed and said, Father, you said if we ask anything in your name, we shall receive it. And so I pray in the name of Jesus. You have novena, and still nothing happened. What was the problem? There is a slight misunderstanding here. And the devil has capitalized on that to deal with a lot of Christians. If you study the word, he says, ask and you will receive. The retranslation is this, ask and receive. Not ask and you will receive. Hello? Is there any difference you know, between the two? Ask and you will receive. Ask and receive. What's the difference? Time. Many Christians are dwelling with ask and you will receive. So they ask and wait for the thing to come. But what he's saying is, ask and receive and go. For whoever asks, receives. And the word receive, in this context, in Greek, is lambano. Now, the understanding we have with ask and you will receive is, you ask and you wait for it to come to you, right? And then you now go. But receive here, in the context it was this, is ask and take it by force and go. That is where many are having issues. Ask and take it and go. Once you have asked, take it and go. The second problem. We want to see the thing physically before we believe we have received. Why? Because many are still you know, Christians who operate by the senses and not by faith. 
The Bible says faith is a substance of things hoped for. The substance of the thing. Faith is a substance of that thing you are hoping for. Okay, I'm asking God for money. Faith is the substance of that money. So when I ask God for money, I receive money, not physically. I receive money, which is the substance of faith. I receive it first in my spirit. And as I've asked for it, I stand up and I go. I'm living with the confidence that I've received the money by faith. That a substance, my soul, has contact with a substance of the money I'm asking for. So I don't go saying, I'm still trusting God. But I go and do what? I say, I have received it in the name of Jesus Christ. So now, holding the substance, as long as your soul is holding the substance, the reality must come. So when David says, surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me, he has not seen it yet. But by faith, his soul has tested it. He knows it must surely come. It's a matter of time. And the more accurate it is in your heart, without doubt, the faster it is. So when you ask God for things in faith, you may still be feeling the pains, but you have received the healing by substance. You receive your deliverance by substance. You receive your salvation by substance. And the substance is what? Faith. Faith is not that you believe. You believe is a different thing. Faith is the substance. Faith is the reality. When you say you have faith, it is not that you are trusting God. When you say you have faith, it means that that thing you are trusting God for, you now possess it in your soul, in your spirit, by faith. This is very, very important to understand what Jesus is saying here. That's why I say, truly, truly, I say unto you. You have not, if you ask the Father in my name, he will give it to you, anything. So when you ask, receive and go. Don't go back saying, God, you see, I'm still praying, I'm still asking you. No. When you do that, you violate the law of faith. When you feel down and that you feel that maybe the things are not coming up, increase your thanksgiving. The thanksgiving is a process of delivery. The more doubt is coming, the more you feel it's not happening, the more you should be thanking God. So, Father, I want to thank you because I know you have done your job. I know you have, you have done it. I want to thank you because I've received it. That's what I call the fight of faith. Because now, what it's waiting for is for that thing you have received in the spirit to be processed to materialize physically. That you didn't see physical dominance that all happened. And finally, in this dimension, Jesus saw a tree, a fig tree that was supposed to be producing fruit, and it didn't produce fruit, and Jesus cursed the tree. Instantly, nothing happened, right? The next day, it was going to be coming back the next day, that the thing was drying from its root. Why didn't it dry immediately? Jesus dared with it in the spiritual. So there's always some time difference between what is happening in the spirit and what happens in the physical. But many Christians don't understand that. So as long as they don't see it, God has not done it. So you can ascribe this to anything you pray about, as long as it's captured within the will of God. As long as it's captured within what God desires. 
your salvation, you are saved already. Even though you are still battling here, you are delivered already. The peace of Christ is in your heart already. Even though you feel troubled. The joy of the Lord is in your heart already. Even though you are in the turbulence. You have to know that the business of working with God is a business of dealing with the substances you have received in the Spirit. Likewise, even the Eucharist is a substance of faith. It's a substance of the body and blood of Jesus. And so if you are digesting this and you are saying, okay, I have received the Holy Communion, heal me now. No! You have to digest it. In the Eucharist is the healing. So when you receive the Holy Eucharist, yes, healing has been established. The pains are still there. The wounds are still opening. It doesn't matter. Don't look at the wound. Don't look at the pain. My waist is still paining me. I have received the Holy Communion and I have prayed in the name of Jesus. Why is it still there? You don't walk by sight. You walk by faith. The important thing is, have you received the substance of healing? Yes, it is done. Don't look at the shadows. Sometimes when you have caught the head of a snake, right? Amen. Amen. You cut the head of a snake, cut the tail, and then you leave it for about four hours. Take that same snake and go and put it inside the fire. What happens? It will do like this, eh? But it's dead now. Why is it still shaking? So many still look at the shaking of the snake and think that it's alive and they start running. When the head has been caught four hours ago, and as far as you're concerned, that snake is what? is dead. Likewise, too, with the things of the Spirit. Don't allow your sense to deceive you. Why? Your sense is lack the capacity to pick the signals of reality. They only pick shadows. And many times, we respond to shadows. Finally, today, what gift are we opening ourselves to receive? What gift? Hmm? I say the gift of piety. We get in our hearts a filial affection for God. There's this love you have for God. And our most loving Father. It inspires us to love and respect for His sake. We love and respect human beings for His sake. That's what piety does. It brings value into your heart. You see, it makes you have concern for, other, for the other person. That you have no right to bully the other person. You respect people. You respect people. You don't intimidate them with your character. Piety makes you a gentle person, a mature human being, a civilized person. Not just civilized in, ten, in the sense of maybe you, are, you have traveled far and wide. No. A civilized person is a person who understands the human nature, who respects the human person, no matter the class, no matter the situation. If you match somebody, you say, I'm sorry, not what is it? You know, piety brings that gentility into you. It makes you to, be, to, to maintain decorum. Sense of decorum. You don't become erratic. You don't become bully. You don't become unnecessarily an object of, of, you know, strife. No. It puts manners into you. Not manners towards human beings alone, but even manners towards God. You respect the holy things of God. You come to church. You respect the environment. You know that people who don't perceive the, the, the atmosphere. They're in church, they're making noise, they don't care. They're not sensitive to the holy environment. Their character is so, is, so, is so negative that even in the presence of God, they are seen manifesting it. They lack the sense of holiness. They lack the sense of piety. So this gift, when it comes upon you, it, it shapes your life. 
Once you enter a place, then your antenna, which is upon it, takes the signal. You don't make noise in church. You respect the holy presence. You become conscious. It tames you. Piety tames the human pain. It makes you really human. But when you lack this gift, you become wild. You become erratic. You become unnecessarily bossy. And all manners of character will be coming out of you. Because the oil called piety is lacking your soul. And God, with that kind of person, God cannot vest in you treasure because you will make them up. When Moses began to lack the oil of piety, God said, hey, 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 I've invested so much in you. But the way you are going now, die now, because you may cause more harm. Because anger has begun to take over the heart of Moses. Piety is a very powerful gift. Many Christians don't even understand it. They think it's the gift of wisdom, understanding, the charismatic gift, speaking in tongues, and all the gifts of prophecy. And so when somebody is prophesying, hey, this person is highly gifted, gift of miracle. But I tell you, the highest of all gifts is the gift of piety. The devil cannot handle a man who is full of the spirit. Because the person can detect everything. He puts the, into the person ability to, to sense the environment. You come to a place, if the place is dark and you can feel it. And you don't just respond anyhow. You respond through prayer. Any place the person comes and the place is, he says that the place is darkened, the next thing is, is to raise an altar. That night, the person will not sleep. That night, he will start charging the environment through prayer. He goes to that room anyway, he, has, he locks the place, he starts charging the environment. That's the person who is full of piety. If the person full of piety doesn't just respond to things externally, when there's any or vexation spirit, the person knows, he calms down. He's not moved by the environment. He's moved by the spirit. The person full of piety. And that makes the person to respect people. Makes you to respect the things that bear the marks of God. It is this piety that makes you to you know, take care of the environment. You don't become a curse to the environment. There are people, anything you give to them is cursed. Give them a car. Within two years, a brand new car will be damaged. Their clothes, destroyed. If, you, they give you, if, they, if they rent a house, and they come there. Give them two years. Come there. The whole place is torn apart. Everywhere is looking nasty. Dirty everywhere. Scattered. It's a sign of a confused spirit. Some will say, ah, right, let me go too far here. This gift is a powerful gift. It makes you to be godly. It makes you what? To be godly. And part of the spirit of godliness is excellence. Excellence has to do with exquisite beauty, orderliness. Everything that is within your ambience receives blessing. Your chair, you see, your chair will feel that this person handling me is, has something. Even your car can feel it. The trees in your house, your flowers will feel that this person is godly. And they say cleanliness is next to what? Godliness. A person full of this spirit cannot be dirty. The environment where he, that is polluted, it restrains the person. It's a state of piety. It brings order into your life. Everything, not because people are watching you. You do it because it is an innate reality in you. Look at Jesus. Christ was neat. Christ was orderly. He was focused. He was calm. He had a, a decorum that was excellent. Mentally, emotionally, physically, spiritually. Can you imagine? That's what the Spirit does to you. You see, we need it. We need it. 
This spirit tames you. It makes you to be truly human. The beast dimension is skill. This rebellious beast attitude that comes out in human beings is a sign that they lack piety. We need to pray for that gift. We need to pray for that spirit to take over our lives. To order your steps every day. Not over any insult. No! You need this spirit to tame you, to tame you, to reprogram your body that has been programmed for vexation, for erraticness, for disorderliness, for all forms of confusion. The Bible says a confused spirit will lead to a confused life. If your spirit is confused, no matter how they try to package you, everything around you should be confused. Can you see that we need this, we need this gift? We need it more than ever. Very important. And that's why in the prayer we say, Come, O blessed spirit of piety, possess my heart, enkindle therein such a love for God, that I may find satisfaction only in the service and for his sake. Piety makes you know your life on earth is service. You have come to serve, not to be served. And Jesus said it. Learn from me, for I am meek and humble of heart. I didn't come to be served, but I came to serve and to give my life as a what? A ransom. For what? For me. That is our life. If we hear ourselves to this spirit we're talking about, he can change us. The best part of us can come out. This gift will make the best in you come out. And when people will see they say, ah, this person, there's something unique about this person. It brings out the aroma of God in your life. People desire to see you. When they come around you, there is this consolation. You are like a tree with fruits. Each time they come around you, they pluck something. They want to eat your fruit. They want to talk with you. They want to relate with you. Not when they come, you sting them like, like scorpion. When they come, you, you give them like you do them like a bee. Your words, mm. your attitude, mm. your character. Mm. Anything that has to do with you will bring trouble. No. 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 God doesn't want us to be like that. I've been meditating on this since yesterday, and the Spirit of God was dealing with me in my own personal life, where I have shot the oil of piety to flow into every chamber of my soul, into the piston of my heart, into the engine part of my life, because that's the real oil that powers the engine. And if the engine lacks oil, what happens? Either overheats, or what happens? The engine will knock, or what happens? The engine will burn, and it will render the car useless. And many God's children are useless to God because they lack this oil. At this moment, let us open up ourselves to Jesus. I say, Lord, oil me. I want to be soft. I don't want to be hard again. I don't want to be so stiff to myself and to my life. Do something with me. Help me. Spirit of piety, possess me. And try the course of this day. At 9 o'clock, make a prayer to the spirit of piety. At 2 o'clock, Make a prayer to the spirit of what? Piety. At 3 o'clock, after our divine mercy, make a prayer to the spirit of piety. At 6 p.m. in the evening, thank him that because you are sure your heart was open, he will fill you with himself. Each of the seven gifts are all spirits of the living God. May God bless us in our hearts through Christ our Lord.